0: Our second scripture reading for this morning comes to us from the Gospel of Mark, chapter 6, verses 1 through 13. Jesus left that place and came to his hometown, and his disciples followed him. On the Sabbath he began to teach in the synagogue, and many who heard him were astounded. They said, where did this man get all of this? What is this wisdom that has been given to him? What deeds of power are being done by his hands? Is this not the carpenter, the son of Mary, and the brother of James and Judas and Simon? And are not these his sisters here with us? And they took offense to him. Then Jesus said to them, Prophets are not without honor, except in their hometown and among their own kin and in their own house. And he could do no deed of power there except that he laid hands on a few sick people and cured them. And he was amazed at their unbelief. Then he went about among the villages teaching. He called the disciples and began to send them out two by two. And gave them authority over the unclean spirits. He ordered them to take nothing for their journey except a staff. No bread, no bag, no money in their belts but to wear sandals and to not put on two tunics. He said to them, whenever you enter a house, stay there until you leave. If the place will not welcome you and they refuse to hear you, as you leave, shake off the dust that is on your feet as a testimony against them. So they went out and proclaimed that all should repent. They cast out many demons and anointed with oil many who were sick and healed them. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks Thanks be God. God. Pray with me. God, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all our hearts be acceptable in your sight, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. The oldest person that ever lived was a woman named Jean Calment. She died when she was 122 years old. She lived so long that she claimed to have met Vincent Van Gogh when he was just an obscure painter. And in 1995, when she became the oldest person in the world, she remarked humorously to a journalist, I only have one wrinkle, and I'm sitting on it. <laughs> Do you know what her secret was? Olive oil. At least that's what she said. Ms. Kalmont reported rubbing olive oil on her skin every day and drinking it at nearly every meal. It was her best guess for why she lived so long. And though that may sound odd to our own modern ears, at least for those of us who are used to getting our medicinal miracles prescribed to us in pill form, olive oil has actually been long thought of as a healing substance. In our Bibles, we learn that it's the primary beauty regiment for ancient queens. And in the text we read for this morning, Jesus sends out the disciples to heal the sick with oil. Modern studies in the last 50 years have proven that olive oil not only can help heal and smooth out the skin, but it has internal healing effects. Anti-inflammatory and antibacterial agents inside of it that fight off infection and that alleviate pain in joints, slow the aging of bones, and help to reduce the risk of cardiovascular diseases. It's pretty amazing, huh? I bet some of you are probably sitting here wondering, hmm. Maybe I need to go home and start taking extra shots of olive oil to make up for all of our bad habits and lost time, right? If only that it were that easy. Maybe if we started incorporating more olive oil into our diets today, all of our physical ailments would just melt away. But I tend to doubt it. Anyone who has ever undergone any kind of healing knows that it's rarely that simple. Healing is usually a much slower process. Sometimes so slow, we can actually begin to doubt it's happening at all. And it's usually accompanied by pain. Which is why, I think, at some point, most of us tend to go on a search to try to find the quick fix that will numb or cure or reverse all the things that hurt. We get busy so that we don't have time to sit and feel where the pain is located, and why. We get others to blame, because it's easier than admitting that maybe the problem begins with ourselves. We get good at pretending or avoiding or fixing or going it alone so that no one else will know how close we are to the end of our rope. We look back instead of forward, because if we could just get back there, Maybe we'd stop feeling so terrible. Most of the time, we pray that healing would come as quick relief with the snap of our fingers or the right concoction of physicians and programs and yogis and scientists. This week, I was reading an article about a widely advocated process that geoengineers have come up with called Solar Radiation Management, or SRM, It's supposed to help cure this new planetary pain that the Earth is becoming warmer because of increased CO2 levels in the air and are thereby causing more natural disasters and less habitable land. The idea between, behind CRM is that scientists could solve this problem by continuously spraying millions and of tons of reflective sulfate particles into the stratosphere, which would reflect the sun away from the Earth and back into space. In theory, the idea is that by doing this, humans could actually take control of the Earth's thermostat without having to stop or seriously reduce the activities that increase greenhouse gases like transportation or large-scale agriculture or the burning of fossil fuels. And despite its enormous potential, the article went on to suggest that SRM is also widely controversial. Because numerous studies have suggested that this techno-fix might actually make things worse. It could alter rainfall patterns and temperatures unevenly across the globe, and it would actually make us dependent on this process, meaning that once you begin spraying, you wouldn't be able to stop, or all the warming that was suppressed would end up hitting the planet's surface like a tidal wave, with little time for the Earth to actually adapt. And as I read this article, I found myself thinking, I'm not really sure that there's any shortcut or quick fix for the things that really hurt, for the stuff that's really broken. It just doesn't seem to work that way. I have wondered if our desire to trade in our brokenness for quick fixes is why we're so often fascinated with the healing stories of Jesus They're always told like they happen so instantaneously. Like in our story for today, one minute in the crowd there's someone who's crippled and with a little magic olive oil in the next they're standing upright. It's stories like this that usually make us wonder why, if God is the almighty being of quick fixes, it hardly ever happens anymore. But I'm not sure that it always worked that way. Certainly not when Jesus arrived in his hometown only to be called an arrogant, fatherless loser by the people who raised him before they threw him out on his face. The text said that almost no one was healed that day. And I'll bet Jesus was left tending to his own wounds. And when in the next verse Jesus sends out his disciples two by two into the neighboring towns with nothing but the clothes on their back and some expensive oil, though we like to imagine that Jesus did this because nothing could deter him from the mission, I wonder if he was simply drowning himself in work to forget the sting of betrayal. Though we like to imagine that the disciples were able to lay their hands on thousands of people, curing them left and right, we don't know that for sure. The story says that people were healed, but it makes no mention of how long it took. And the Greek word, therapuo, which means to heal, also means to serve humbly until one is restored to full health. And so all we really know, at least in the story, is that Jesus and the disciples went out and with compassion and faithfulness they spent time with and they anointed the broken, the crippled, the lame, the left out, the hurting, the widowed, the forgotten, and the poor. They took their attention, their courage, a listening ear, and oils that probably would have been hard for any young fisherman to afford, and they tenderly applied it to the places that hurt. I actually like to think that the restoration they, wit- they witnessed didn't happen instantaneously. Maybe they spent days and weeks and years applying oil to bodies and bandaging wounds and changing habits before any restoration came as they faced the places of desperate need inside of themselves and around themselves, as they waded through the hard stuff, as they devoted themselves to others and to the hard work of healing, maybe in time, people began to experience it. And they did too. I like to think about it this way because, quite honestly, it's just more true to life Whether the pain that plagues you most is the result of depression or addiction or divorce or loneliness or the loss of a loved one or a scary diagnosis or the state of our world's affairs, we are all in need of healing. And I believe that it's possible. God is always inviting us into this slow process, but the path to healing, it's not a magical path. It's a practical one and a hard one, and often it's up to us. Most often it comes with time, more than we usually want to give it, and with concerted effort to faithfully put one foot in front of the other, to become attentive to where the pain is coming from, and to use what we have to help mend and heal. We are called to experience this healing for ourselves, and we're also called to become agents of healing for the world around us, or as Norman Wurzba puts it, to enter into our political and economic, social, personal, and ecological relationships in ways that honor and nurture each other, rather than degrade and deplete If the church is supposed to be a place of healing, if we are supposed to continue Christ's earthly practices and way of being in the world, then we are called to feed and heal and reconcile life just as Jesus did. To be present for each other, to change our own habits and ways of being in the world that might alienate others and cause harm and to support one another toward our individual and collective flourishing. This morning, as the music begins to play, we are going to invite you to reflect on what specifically in your life, or maybe in the world around you, needs healing. How are you being called to heal today? As God puts something on your heart, you'll be invited to come forward whenever you feel led. You don't need anyone to come up here for, uh, to dismiss you to come up here. And you can bring your hurt to this healing table, and I would invite you to write down on the table whatever it is that hurts. And then the pastors will be here to anoint your hand with oil. And before you go back to your seats, you can take a bottle of the olive oil that's up here. It is the Palestinian olive oil that has been used and created in the effort, as we have heard, to heal people and places around the globe that are hurting. I would invite you to take it and be reminded that you too are called to be a healing agent for the world today. Let's pray together. Gracious God, as we come before you this day, we are hurting people. God, there are places in our lives that we don't want to name or face. There are places in this world that we turn away from because it's just too hard, and we don't know how to be present for it. But God, we ask that your Holy Spirit would be on us this day that you would give us the courage to face the things that hurt, that you would give us the strength and the promise that healing is possible if only we face it and put one foot in front of the other and believe that you will make a way. God, as we come before you this morning and we write our prayers on this table of healing, we ask that you would be in our midst, and that you would transform our pain so that we can be agents of healing for the places of pain around us. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. You may come forward whenever you feel led to write a word on the table. And then we invite you to receive an anointing. Come forward as you feel that. Let's pray together. Gracious and holy God the bottles of olive oil that are in our hands. We take this day and we ask that you would use them to remind us that we are called to simultaneously be experiencing healing in our own lives and to go out into the world and find the places that need healing and offer them our tender care. God, give us strength and courage and wisdom for the journey. We pray all these things in the name of Jesus the Christ and all God's people said together, Amen. Amen.